0: All right, on this episode of the Park Hills podcast, Mark and I are going to dive into Colossians 1 and a little bit of Colossians 2. So if you want to listen to more of these, you can go to our website or to the app. You can find us on iTunes and all the other podcasts, and you'll find all the other things there that you need. So thanks for listening. All right, so there's a bunch of little things that we could talk about with this passage, right? Yep. Colossians 1, 24 through 2, 5. And the w- first one that we wanted to kind of dive into is just this idea of the mystery concept. And so Paul says this uh, in verse 26. My eyes are getting bad. I'm getting old. Yeah, you said it. I didn't say it. <laughs> he says, The mystery, hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. And then if you skip down a little bit in verse 2 of chapter 2, he says the full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. And so this is something Paul talks about a lot, this mysterion, this this something that's sort of cloaked. You know, sometimes we deal with the mystery as, you know, a movie that's suspenseful or something like that. But really, the idea here is, is something that has been hidden. And when we find out, we're like, whoa, that's amazing. And the gospel really is that. I mean, the whole Old Testament is kind of lining us up to Jesus, and then all of a sudden Jesus is on the scene, and we go, holy cow, he's everything we've always wanted him to be. He's beyond what we ever thought he would be. And that's a really neat concept to consider, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody loves a good mystery, too, right? It yeah. draws you in, going, what is going on here? What's this going to look like? And here, the mystery, that whole previously hidden thing is so significant because those of you who, who have spent any time in the Old Testament reading about it, you're going, okay, we know now with the new testament what these references were talking about and and if you don't know it the, the old testament is filled with with uh, clues about christ and things that would have been a mystery You know, as they were written, and and as the prophets would share them with the people, they would have been things that were there. There's just enough to, you know, something someone is coming, and and yet you don't know the full extent of it. And and here, what a what a cool thing! This mystery now revealed to the saints Mm -hmm. that God dwelt with us and dwells in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's so cool. I just love that. Christ in you, the hope of glory. God has opened up the knowledge of his glory and and he's allowed us to see it in what we uh, have in Christ and how cool for them and, and Chris you can just totally see how impassioned Paul is mm-hmm. that with having that mystery revealed and, and how much it, it makes him enthusiastic to rejoice in sufferings and
0: oh totally and, and I think one of the cool things about it I don't know about you but I've always Sat back and just said, well, "God, why was I born now? Yeah. You know, if I'm if I'm David and I don't even have a chance to see Jesus walking the planet, I don't know that I would." necessarily be bummed by that because I'm still alive, I'm still walking with God, and that's great. But there's a part of me that would just be, oh, man, it'd be so cool if I was a part of that. We've been born on this side of history. We know who the Messiah is. We know that he died on the cross. We know that he rose from the grave. We know that he ascended into heaven. We know that he's coming again. And that's a beautiful thing that we can rejoice in the fact that we are on this side of, of the cross, that we're on this side of the story of Jesus, which I think is part of Paul's enthusiasm here, just like, who who am I to have born been born yeah. at this time, this place, being able to experience this and be a part Part of this, that's super cool. But then for us to say the same thing, man, I I am extremely fortunate to be on this side of, of oh, yeah. history,
1: and for him to have met with Christ on the road to Damascus and to have mm-hmm. the relationship with Christ that he does now, the Spirit just so clearly speaking to him and through him, it, it makes him one hundred percent in. You know, he's completely in because that mystery was revealed and. You know, you think about even his educational background and all that he knew about the Old Testament and all that he'd been trained for him. It was like, oh, all once he got, embraced Christ and the, and the truth of him, all those things that he taught had been taught and knew so well mm-hmm. with his training. It, it's like it filled in all those gaps for him. And he's passionate about it. I mean, he's excited about it. And for him, then the mystery that was still left is one that's still left for us. And that is, when will Christ return? Right. And what's that going to look like? Right. Certainly, he spoke about it, you know, what, what he writes in Thessalonians about at the trumpet call of God and, mm-hmm. and that dead in Christ will rise first, but then we will join them and we'll be with the Lord forever. And I mean, these are the really. things that he wrote about while not knowing every detail. Right. And, and that's still a mystery remains that, that we look forward to being fulfilled as we're living and having been born in the time that we have.
0: Right. And so often that's what we do with faith is we we wish that we knew the answers to things that we're not supposed to know the answers to now. Instead of rejoicing like Paul does in the things that he already knows, you know. Yeah. and And it is this. Kind of both and or this either or this already not yet tension that we feel through the whole bible you know in so many ways jesus has already done all of these things for us at the same time though there's things that we wish he would finish you know, how many times this year have you wished he would just return so we don't have to deal with COVID anymore, right? Or how many times have we watched the news and thought, this disturbs me that this is happening in this city or this city, or I can't believe people are treated like this still, or I can't believe that anyone would stand up and honestly do that or do this. And we just go, Jesus, come soon. Like, I want this to be over. I I want this whole place to end. But Paul doesn't freak out about those things. He just says, be different. You know, the church, we should be different in the world that you live in. And then on top of that, rejoice in things you know, but eagerly look forward to the things that are to come. And so sometimes as you know, 2,000 years later where we are— kind of lazy about things, right? You know, so like He hasn't come back yet, so we can kind of do whatever we want to do. That's not really how we should look at things. And so I think sometimes when we think about what's still hidden or the mysteries we still don't know, we focus on the wrong aspect of them or the wrong element of them as opposed to, all right, I don't know that, but what I do know is enough, right? Yeah. What I do know is more than enough.
1: What I know is that God keeps his promises and Christ being revealed as that that mystery the solution to that mystery is a good example of that too. So knowing what we know are the promises of scripture is that he's coming and we're to be ready.
0: Yeah, that's good. A lot of the things that Paul talks about in this whole passage is the, the struggle, right? The sufferings, for your yeah. sake, he says in verse 24, my flesh is filling up in what's lacking in Christ's afflictions. Struggling. For the sake of right, the word struggling. Toil. Toil, like all these things. And so we wanted to take a quick few minutes just to talk about, I, I understand a little bit of what Paul's saying here, right? Ministry is is a difficult thing at times. There's a toil, there's a struggle to it. But I also read this and I go, Paul's really struggling and really toiling and it kind of makes me feel a little guilty. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm not as struggling as much as I should.
1: I've often felt that, You know, we, dare I say, just American Christians just don't suffer enough in many respects. I mean, we might take the most hits for just having a political position based upon morality and based upon Scripture. And I'm not even just talking about aligning with a candidate, but with certain issues that are related to each each of the, you know— the parties or whatever, but right. and so we'll we'll take some criticism for that. But it, it's pretty it's pretty safe to speak the truth in our culture and in our time. I mean, certainly, if you are invested in ministry and you're working with people and you're trying to see lives change, whether it's working with children or or uh, working with people who have had addiction issues or marital problems, and People's people's pain and the struggle that people go through. Uh, I think when we truly love Christ, we bear bear that burden with them. And so, in that regard, ministry has struggles. I always joke that ministry would be easy without the people, um, <laughs> but that. The, the truth is that's not true because it's it's within God's people where the joy of ministry is too, and and I, I couldn't stand it without people. That's part of the reason why any COVID shutdown is so hard. It's right. not about it's not about the lessons we teach or sermons we do or music that's led. It, it's about people and and the people of God coming together to worship and to grow and to know God's word together. So to me, that the suffering and the toil, the struggling is those things of uh, is related to those. Matters of how can we get this person to take the next step step in faith, right. or how can we see unity back in this marriage, or how can we um, pray enough for for this prodigal to come back to faith and and those are heavy that are heavy burdens because we know what's at stake when people don't know Christ.
0: Totally, and that's part of the struggle is we love people so much we want to help them. Just see, you know, what could be, whether it's painting a a preferred future for them, right? Just your marriage is this now, but it could be this Mm -hmm. if you just start to surrender to Christ in these ways. Or what if your, you know, faith walk led you down this road and your future career looked like this? Or what if your fulfillment was no longer seen in this thing or this thing? What if you chose to see things through the lens of Christ? Those are amazing moments that we have opportunities to do. Yeah. And we we, we are missing those this year more than, you know, we have in years past. But when I read Paul talking about the toil and the the struggle, I totally get it. And I think you all do too. This isn't just a pastoral thing. If you're ministering in any regard with anybody, whether it's a— you know, a kid from Awana or a student in youth group or, you know, a young adult or a college student or spouse or a child, like all the things that you... Neighbor. Yeah, your neighbor. You're you're ministering in some way. There's all this toil and this struggling of, am I doing enough? Am I really accomplishing what I need to accomplish? Why isn't it working? Totally. Is it ever going to work? Uh, and that's, that's something that we definitely weigh and we feel that. But the other side of it is there's a joy of working really hard for Jesus, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah for sure and, and you can tell that Paul's electric with it he just is and and when you get a chance to spend time with people of like mind in that regard or maybe who are even more passionate about Christ than you are it it pulls you up it raises it ups the ante a little bit more so that you're you're going man I, I want to be like that I want to share in that I want I want it to be um, that way in my life, or maybe just that time together with other believers raises you up and and motivates you to continue on and to take it to a new level. It's cool. He he also starts to to warn here about plausible arguments, right? And, and there's all different kinds of of ideas and theories about there out there and and plausible is this idea you know yeah these things are kind of true but really not in comparison to the truth so it's not about so much debated things I think right now in the just coming out of the election season, although we're still deep into it, but yeah. uh, th- there's all this. You choose this candidate because of this, and mm-hmm. especially it's highly debated even with the Christians. Because what are the moral issues? And we look at the moral issues, and we'd we'd like to say it's just a real clear cut thing. And in some respects, it seems that way. But in other respects, you go okay. We, yeah, on one side, we've got, uh, the, the pro cho- choice, pro life thing, which is certainly a, an easy one with scripture. It's just, it's wrong. Abortion's wrong. Right. But then we go and look at how you treat outsiders, how you treat aliens. You can go back to go, okay, what's the deal at the border? Okay. Which, which is the, the right one there or, or how we treat people of, of other races or mm-hmm. a, of a, other economic status. And so, it's not so. This isn't so much about debated, where it's kind of like, okay, yeah, you're kind of right there, but you, but we, but what about right here? This is more uh, things that start out kind of sounding like truth, but lead to absolute falsehoods, right?
0: Yeah, and whether we're talking about, you know, a few episodes ago, we talked about Gnosticism, for example. Mm-hmm. You could make the case that when you look around, you know, it's kind of the Gnostic argument starts with there's a there's a reality beyond us whether you want to call it supernatural or spiritual, that is is better than the reality that we live in, the physical. And I don't think any of us would disagree that that's true, which is really the—that's the base of the Gnostic argument. The problem is the Gnostics would then say we should then treat our physical realm in this way or this way, either denying ourselves or completely, you know, uh, consuming with our physical realm because it doesn't really matter, and this is lesser, so it's not that big of a deal, or completely avoid it altogether— and we should pursue the spiritual or the supernatural or something bigger than us. And I think sometimes we even act like that within the church, which sounds like a really plausible argument until you realize that the real storyline from scripture and why Paul's pushing back on it in Colossians is that he wants the supernatural, the spiritual to be brought to the here and now. He wants us to actually live it out right here. So then you read Jesus's prayer, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. That's not a request that's supposed to be super philosophical or outside there. It's let God use me to bring heaven here on earth. And that's a whole different way of looking at things. And so so that's sneaky. The idea of plausible argument is something that our culture might say or do that sounds right. But then when you really break it down and get to the bottom of it, it's like, oh, no, that's not what the gospel is really all about. And, th- and we have to deal with that all the time, don't we?
1: Yeah. And and we, we that's where we have to have a handle on truth because that's what helps us find our way through those things that sound right. Because a plausible argument, it, it's its deception. You remember when I spoke on in the message, I, I used, you know, Satan in the garden going, did God really say that? Um, knowledge would have helped there. Uh, a knowledge of going, yeah, actually, he did say that. And the knowledge that God is God and you listen to him and nobody else then then helps you go, no, no matter how good Satan, the serpent, makes it sound, I must embrace truth. Right. And that's where we're so far ahead of even Adam and Eve to, for, to make it simple and, and say, because we have the word of God, we then know what truth is. So then it helps us sort these things out so much quicker. We don't find ourselves so drawn in by anything that's shiny, if you will. It gives us a little bit more clarity. He's not going to be done with this. He's going to talk about this more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's something that's going to come up a lot in the, In the book, and especially in the next couple of sections that we're going to deal with on this podcast, even. So keep listening, and we'll keep walking through Colossians together.